you got a Bible with you this morning, open with me, please, to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. Several weeks ago, we began a series called, What's Right With You? I know a lot of people know what's wrong with them, and they like talking about it. They like telling about it. And you got to be careful who you ask what's wrong with you, because they will tell you what's wrong with you. But church, we got to be careful about how much talking we're doing about what's wrong. Just ask the Holy Spirit to help you sometime, to help you kind of sneak up behind you. Do you know what I mean by that? What would it be like if you kind of stepped outside yourself and you could hear yourself talk? How much talk would you find that you're doing about the problem? How much talk would you find that you're doing about what you don't have, about what you don't know, about what you need? Come on, are you listening? We got to be careful how much talking we're doing about these things because the more we magnify the problem, the bigger the problem gets in our eyes. And the problem is you've never fixed the problem by talking about the problem. Doesn't work. What you've got to do is find out what's right with you. When there's something wrong and you know it's wrong, when you see what's wrong, when you feel what's wrong, you got to run to what's right. Somebody say, there's something right with me. Something really right with me. And you find out what that is here in the book of 2 Corinthians. And I want to fast forward. All of this is so good. But skip down to verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 It says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, can I see the hands of those that are in Christ? So this verse is about you. And he says, because you're in Christ, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. Old things. That's the old you. The old you has passed away. Aren't you glad we don't have funerals for the old you? That would be a depressing service. I mean, all the bad stuff that people would have to say about the old you. <laughs> but the old you, somebody said, the old me is dead and gone, passed away. Say this, behold, all things have become new. Who needs drugs and alcohol when you got 2 Corinthians 5.17? If you actually believed this stuff, it'd get you as high as a kite, man. You would be so thrilled to find out the old me is dead and gone. Come on, are you listening this morning? That took me about 90 seconds to start preaching up in this place today. The old you's dead and gone. All things have been made new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. He says in verse 18, all things are of God who's reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses. That means not holding their sins against them. I am so glad God dropped it. We got to be people more like God who drops it. Sometimes you got to drop it. You know what I mean by that? Quit holding things against people. 
Stop holding people's sin against them. Yeah, well, you don't know what they did. Yeah, but I know what you did, and you know what I did, and we all did the same did, and God's not holding any of that against us. He dropped it. He let it go. Can you let it go? You'll be much happier if you do. He was not imputing our trespasses. He was not holding our sins against us. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. That's an awesome thought. To think that God it can talk not just to you, through you. Pleading through you with other people be reconciled to God. We're ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, here's what's right with you. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we, say it with me, might become the righteousness of God in him. Did you hear that word? Righteousness. This is what's right with you. Not what's going to be right with you. Not what may be right with you someday. Not what will be right with you if you work hard enough. No, it's what's right with you. And it's what's right with you right now. Right now. Right now. You are the righteousness of God in him. This verse in um, the New Living Translation says, says it like this. God made Christ who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God. Do you hear those words? Made right with God through Christ. From the Amplified Classic Bible, it says that, uh, that we through him might become the righteousness of God. And here's what that means. Do we have this for you? Go ahead to that next screen. That we might become uh, viewed as being the, the examples of righteousness, what we ought to be. That's what it is to be righteous. It's what you ought to be. Approved and acceptable, and I like this phrase, in right relationship with God. What's right with you? You're approved. Not disapproved, approved. You are accepted, which means you're not rejected. Is that something that people deal with sometimes their whole lives long? Rejection? Feel like they were rejected by a father or a mother? Rejected by somebody in authority? Rejected by their family? Well, it doesn't matter who on this earth rejects you. You are accepted. You are accepted in the beloved. And that's something you should say and say often. That's what's right with you. You are approved, not disapproved. You are accepted, not rejected. And what else? You are in right relationship with him. Right relationship with him. There is nothing in this life so sweet as when relationships are right. That is the sweetness of life. And if you've ever been in a relationship where things were not right, where things were wrong, things were off, things were tumultuous and full of strife, you know there's no sweetness about that. But when that relationship is restored and there's reconciliation, that is the sweetness of life. 
to be in right relationship with somebody. The scripture talks about how good and how pleasant it is when brethren, that's you and me, dwell together in unity. The sweetness of life is being in right relationship. And how much more so to be in a right relationship with God. I want to give you an additional working definition today for what it means to be right or righteous. To be righteous is to be right in the sight of God. Listen to it again. To be righteous is to be right in the sight of God. And even going all the way back to the Old Testament, there were those that had a taste of it. They, they were not made the righteousness of God in Christ like you and I have been. But yet, for example, Moses would talk to God and he would say, if we have found favor in your sight, which is the only place you and I find favor. It's the only place we find righteousness. It's in the sight of God. Or in other words, it's in knowing how God sees you. When you get a revelation of how he sees you, well, how does he see me? Accepted, not rejected. Approved, not disapproved. And in right relationship with him. What is it to be righteous? It is to be right in the sight of God. Amen? Now, we've talked quite a bit about this already. And if you've missed any of it, all these messages are available to you. And I encourage you to go back and get them. But I want to ask a question and answer it today. How do you know... When you actually believe this. It's one thing for you and I to sit up in here and even to read scriptures that declare we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And you can amen that. You can nod up and down and you can, you know, make gestures, I suppose, that that demonstrate, yeah, I'm on board with that. I, I, I agree with that. But there's supposed to be proof. There is supposed to be evidence in our lives of what we believe and in whom we believe. Your life and my life, we're we're to be so different than the way the rest of this world lives and thinks, walks and talks. There's supposed to be a difference. And my question to you this morning is, how would we know? If I'm looking at your life, your day-to-day life, how would I know you actually believe this. Believe what? That you're the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm going to give you one evidence today. I know there's a number of things we could probably look at through Scripture, but I want to focus on one thing today. That if you really believed you were the righteousness of God in Christ, this would be in your life. Now, one of the most significant things that you or I or anybody could ever find out in this life, is who you are in Jesus and who Jesus is in you. The revelation of who you are in him is life-changing and it's destiny-altering. But how do we know when you believe it? Not just you've heard it before, not just you amen it on a Sunday morning, you actually believe it. Go with me to the book of Proverbs Chapter 28, we'll read just one verse, and it's verse 1. And let's go ahead and put this on the screen. I want us all to see it. We're looking for the evidence that you believe, you actually believe that you are the righteousness of God. 
This verse says, Proverbs 28, verse 1, that the wicked flee. That means they run away when no one pursues the wicked. This is what life looks like for them. Constantly on the run. They flee, you could add, in fear when there's not even anybody chasing them. And that is how most of this world is living life. Constantly on the run from what? I don't know. Everything. Because we have got a world and a culture in our world that, that generates fear. And now with the advent of 24-hour news cycles and people, what they're feeding on nonstop, whether it's television or internet or social or whatever it is, there is fear constantly being pumped into people, something to be afraid of. And people can turn anything into fear. They have found out fear sells. Fear sells. People feed on this stuff. They're constantly looking for something. What's the next thing I'm supposed to be afraid of? What's the next thing I'm supposed to be worried about? What's the next variant? Well, there's another one coming. I can tell you that. There's another. Oh, there it is. Knew it. Constantly afraid. Constantly afraid of what? Climate. That we should be afraid. If we don't do something right now, the world will end in 12 years. Constantly afraid. Living in stark terror of the weather. Of a volatile economy. Of gas prices that rise and fall. This is how people live life. Constantly afraid, constantly running from something. And the Bible says they're running when there's not even anything chasing them. But our lives are supposed to look different. Am I right, church? Look at the contrast. The wicked flee, they run when nothing's pursuing them. But the, the who? The right in the sight of God. What defines their life? Fear? Shame? No, what? Boldness, glory to God. The right in the sight of God. These folks ain't like the wicked. They ain't running from nothing. They are bold and bold as a... Come on, let me hear you lying this morning. You got a, you got a roar on the inside of you. And you're about to let that thing out. As a matter of fact, this message today is called the roar of the righteous because there is a sound on the inside of you that is a bold sound it is not a sound of fear it is not a sound of timidity it is not the sound of condemnation or sin consciousness it is the boldness of the righteous amen and our boldness is to be the same kind of boldness that you see in a lion now I don't know if you've ever been eye to eye with a lion. Now I know we all did the sixth grade field trip. We went to the zoo. And you just kind of hoped and prayed that lion might be outside his cage walking around. I know most of the time I went to the zoo. I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, and we always went at the end of the school year, getting close to the summer, which meant it was 198 degrees outside. 
None of us wanted to be out there. That lion didn't want to be out there. So he ain't even out there. He's somewhere back in the cage chilling out. But most of us, our experience with the lions is like that. You know, they're in captivity. They're locked up. In 2012, Sarah and I, with our little two-and-a-half-year-old Justice, went to South Africa. And we were ministering there for a couple of weeks, and we had a day off, and our host wanted to take us to the lion park. They do zoos a little differently in Africa. In Africa, you're the one in the cage, not them. And there's a lion park it, right there in Johannesburg, South Africa. As a matter of fact, you, from within the park, can see houses. And I wonder sometimes how these people feel about living so close <laughs> to a bunch of lions. We wanted to go to the lion park. As a matter of fact, I had been a few days before uh, Sarah and Justice got there. Jordan was with me on the first part of the trip, and, and our guide took us to the lion park. And that day, I actually got bit by a lion. The lion was about that big, little, little cub. They let us play with the lion. Uh, but I so loved it that I thought, man, Sarah and Justice especially, they're going to love this. And the day Jordan and I went with our host, we just drove through in our host's car, which they let you do. It ain't like America, folks. I always think to myself, did I sign a release form? How does insurance feel about this? As a matter of fact, this morning, thinking about some of this early, I thought, what was that lion park called? So I actually looked it up online. And one of the first things that popped up when I looked online was a video of a family in that very park. And you can hear the voice of a young girl. She's got her phone in the back seat, and she's videoing these lions. And this lioness walks up to the car, and it is eye level with that rear window. And, and the girl, you can hear, Dad, you may just want to pull forward. There's a lioness coming in there, kind of lighthearted. That lioness opens the door with her mouth. I'm watching a video and my heart starts pounding. And it took me back to the day that Sarah and I took our little guy to the lion park. And this day, we didn't go through in our own car. We took the tour, which meant we got in the cage. And the cage was set on the back of a pickup truck. And our guide was driving the truck. And they drive you through the park, and the lions are just walking around. And they're mostly docile and kind of chill in the middle of the day. But as we were pulling up to a little pack, our guide turns around and says, you may just want to keep an eye on him, talking about justice, our two-year-old. And I thought, okay, why? And they said, you know, these lioness, they know how to find the weak ones. And right as our guide is saying that, and Sarah is my witness of this, there was a lioness. Now, ladies, you'll be interested in this. They're the ones that do the hunting. They're the ones you got to watch out for. That lioness rises up and locks eyes on justice. I mean, I'm as far as I am from me to you right now. There's a lion walking towards us. And we're just in this little cage, in a little truck. And that lion locked eyes on him and came to our truck, stood up on her rear legs, 
put her paws on the cage like this, and now we're just inches away. My heart's beating fast. I don't know if you've ever looked into the eyes of a lion from that close. If you haven't, don't. <laughs> but I have. Now, at that time in little Justice's life, his favorite story was David. And he loved the part about David killing the lion. And our little two-year-old, in the moment, without any poking or prodding from mom and dad, you know what he said? I rebuke you, power of God. <laughs> With his fist in the air, mama says. I rebuke you, power of God. And I thought, that's right, my buddy. No, I've kind of bowed up to that line. Yeah, you better get down. I'll open up a can of David on you right now. You don't want none of that. But that was a look in the eyes of an animal I have never seen before. Can I tell you what wasn't in that lion's eyes? Any fear. Not a trace. No fear at all. What are the righteous? Are we supposed to be living our lives in fear? Afraid of what's always coming? Afraid of that next pandemic? Afraid of that next disease? Afraid of that next virus? That next bug? That next variant? Afraid of the next downturn in the economy? Afraid of the weather? Afraid, afraid, afraid? No! No! Not, there's not supposed to be a trace of that stuff in us because the righteous, the right in the sight of God, are bold as a lion. Boldness. This is how we know you believe this stuff. There'll be a boldness about you. Boldness. It's a defining characteristic of the righteous. Do you know it takes some guts to be a Christian in 2023? The time that you and I are living in right now is not for the faint and is not for the weak of heart. It takes some spiritual guts to be a believer today. And you and I can be bold, but not bold in ourselves, bold in what Jesus has done. Now, there are some symptoms, there are some evidence of those who don't believe they're the righteousness of God. Those things would be some things we've already talked about, some fear. Shame is a symptom. Timidity, sin consciousness, lacking in confidence. Now, I'm not talking to you today about being arrogant. I'm talking about being confident. Well, what's the difference? Arrogance is simply confidence minus the awareness of Jesus. Listen to that again. Arrogance is confidence minus the awareness of Jesus. So what is confidence? That's not boldness in myself. That's not boldness in my own education, my own experience. That's a source of boldness and confidence that comes from knowing who I am in him comes from knowing that I am right in the sight of God. One of the symptoms of those who don't believe they are the righteousness of God is that they just tolerate the enemy. They just constantly put up with and deal with his stealing, his killing, and his destroying. They don't resist. They don't rebuke. And one of the major symptoms of not believing you're the righteousness of God is powerlessness. In studying some of these things, I came across another verse, and you'll like this. This is out of the book of Isaiah chapter 5, verse 29. He said, their roaring will be like a lion. 
They will roar like young lions. Yes, they will roar and lay hold of the prey. This is, these two things here kind of sum up the boldness of a lion. The, the lion roars and the lion lays hold. The lion roars and the lion lays hold. I think as the Lord leads us, we'll carry that last part into next week. Let me talk to you just a little bit about the roar of the righteous. Found this out, that a lion's roar can reach 114 decibels. Now, for some frame of reference, that would be like having a rock band in here putting on a, a concert at full volume. That's, that's about what 114 decibels is. A lion's roar can be heard from up to five miles away. And they use their roar to warn intruders, and they use their roar to mark their territory. Now, I have a golden doodle. And he also marks his territory, but it is not with a 114 decibel roar. They use their roar to mark out what belongs to them and to keep away those who would steal, to warn away intruders. When you study boldness and what it actually means, I love this. We've talked about it some in the past, but the word boldness defined literally means unreservedness of speech, unreservedness of speech. That's not a timid roar. That's not a sheepish roar. Lions aren't known for their timidity, are they? Their fear. Boldness has to do with what's coming out of your mouth, the words that are coming out of your mouth. Confidence is in the heart. Boldness is in the mouth. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.